8.17 now. Today's news focus takes us to a Middle East issue. Uh, U.S. Secretary of Defense Mark Esper's visit to Seoul last week has signaled the U.S. pressure on South Korea over diplomacy and security issues, one particularly about the protection of shipping lanes off the coast of Iran. Although Defense Minister Jung kyung do did not immediately give his comments, it is reported that Seoul showed its openness to participate in the mission to protect the Strait of Hormuz and counter Iran's latest moves. And joining us on the line for further analysis is Dr. Chang Ji-hyang, Research Fellow and Director of the Middle East and North Africa Center at the Asan Institute for Policy Studies. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, the, the Iran's President Hassan Rouhani uh, threatened uh, often enough about the closure of Strait of Hormuz, but uh, can you uh, start out by highlighting the geostrategic significance of the Strait of Hormuz? Well, the Strait of Hormuz is often considered the world, uh, the single most important oil passageway, and about one-fourth or even one-third of global oil and gas move through the Strait. And it is the only route for the GCC countries, I mean, the, the Arab oil producing monarchs, mm-hmm. including Saudi, uh, UAE, Qatar, Bahrain, Kuwait, and Iraq, and not to mention uh, Iran itself, to export their oil and gas. And last year, the Trump administration left the multilateral Iranian nuclear deal, which was against the international norms and order. And Iran, especially the hardliners of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, threatened to close the Strait of Hormuz. Yeah, it certainly is a bottleneck for the international uh, energy trade. Uh, the U.S. is putting together its international coalition to secure the area for commercial vessels. Uh, can you tell us who else is involved? I mean, we know that Japan and uh, Korea is in the mix, right? Yeah, right. Right now, Israel and U.K. are in. For sure. I mean, Israel is the most crucial and active U.S. ally in the Middle East. And Iran contends that Israel is the very country behind all the incidents so far in the Strait, including the commercial tanker attacks. Mm-hmm. Regarding the U.K., um, the past few weeks witnessed the ongoing tension between U.K. and Iran in the Strait. The U.K. has been the most important ally for U.S., uh, especially organizing global coalition, and especially in the Middle East. And this already rigid alliance between the two countries is working more uh, smoothly these days due to the matching conservative incumbent um, government to each country. And as you said, Japan is not actively joining the, the security mission yet, and Germany reacts quite negatively. And which is a bit uh, surprise for for Japan, and Japan's excuses say the relationship with Iran, mostly economic, is quite important. But I'm I'm pretty sure that if and when the pressure from the Trump administration is getting bigger and stronger, then the other administration will say yes. Mm-hmm. At least Seoul used to have a a pretty good relationship with Iran as well. The um, the U.S. Defense Secretary's visit uh, to Seoul suggested the Seoul's commitment on sending reinforcement. Can, can you tell us uh, how the Seoul's implication in the participation mission uh, uh, could mean to that coalition? Well, Seoul is 
checking other countries' move very cautiously. Um, but my hunch is the Korean government would join the U.S.-led coalition in the name of protecting our own commercial tankers there. And, and Korea's Navy, Cheonghae Anti-Piracy Unit, has already operating the mission of Somalia near the strait, which is fortunate or unfortunate because it's hard to say no to uh, U.S. request in that situation. Mm-hmm. So we happen to have some uh, units over there in Somalia, so it's a convenient kind of transfer over, uh, at least from the logistics point of view. Yes. Uh, the idea of contributing to Persian Gulf mission is interpreted, at least uh, by some experts, as a way to offset President Trump's demand for larger payments to underwrite the American military mission in the Korean Peninsula. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts on this? Is it going to work? Well, yes, I guess so. I mean, although Korean government will argue that we are following and sticking to the international norms of values and principles and the rule of law, even though, and, and, you know, like, it depends how you define and measure the national interest. I mean, if the current Moon government values U.S. Iraq alliance in order to achieve the peace, in the Korean Peninsula and the North Korean denuclearization, then then the participation in the naval mission is crucial. I mean, it could be a right move. And also, in terms of economic interests, our uh, relationship with the Iran, as you said before, more than 70% of our oil and gas imports uh, come from the Strait. So, well, yes, by participating in the naval mission, the government argues that we are protecting our own commercial vessels. So, yeah, the, our official, like, announcement will be, like, we are following the rule of law in the international community. I see. As far as you know, has there been any express kind of intention on both parties to sort of exchange these two commitments. Uh, if we send the troops there, they'll, the United States will uh, kind of overlook or uh, go easy on the demand. Is there, has there been any kind of, uh, whether it be winking or whether it be some statements from the responsible officials about this kind of sort of a deal-making uh, route? As far as I know, there's no really, you know, official reports or something like that, but, but there must be winking or so. So we, my hunch is that we are going to send the, the troops to the, the straight home because our troops already there and, and it's easy to send off the troops near there to the Hormuzh trade. Mm-hmm. Not only the U.S. coalition side, but Iran and Russia are instituting their own plan to initiate joint naval exercise in the Indian Ocean at the point where it flows into uh, Gulf of Oman, the Gulf of Hormuz, and uh, Persian Gulf. So, so, certainly, it seems like the, the, the exercise is targeted to give uh, some sort of security-related political message. What could we infer from defense coordination between Russia and Iran? Well, the international community has already witnessing, I mean, the rise of, like, illiberal regional order. I mean, the old Cold 
world style in the Middle East. And the hardliners of Iran and Russia, who are the same forces uh, instituting their plan to um, initiate the naval exercises in the Indian Ocean, are the very uh, forces who have supported the dictatorial regime of Syria during the Syrian civil war. And and also U.S.-Iran confrontation in the Strait of Hormuz is adding another depressing feature in the illiberal Middle East order. And we have observed the survival of a hereditary dictatorship in Syria and the war after the war, including the war in Syria, Yemen, Libya, and the war against ISIS and the refugee crisis, and regression to authoritarianism, and the rise of ethnic nationalism, in addition to the U.S.-Iran confrontation in the uh, Strait. And ironically enough, the U.S. withdrawal from the Iranian multilateral nuclear deal is also weakening the rule-based order in the region. And, and furthermore, these days, the alliance or global coalition led by the liberal states, I mean, the U.S. and U.K., also has lost its attraction compared to the audacious sponsorship offered by Iran and Russia in the region. So I think the defense cooperation between Iran and Russia will, like, weaken the rule-based order in the Middle East in a more depressing way. Uh, that area certainly has uh, had a, a pretty uh, a pretty well documented history of being a flashpoint. I mean, we had some atrocities and having wars over there. Now, as the Russia and Iran side kind of gaining up, and uh, uh, as you mentioned, like the Cold War style. As an expert, uh, how do you see the the international kind of diplomatic relations? and um, uh, the possibility of being the flashpoint uh, flesh out over there. Do, do, you see, do you think that it's going to be a, a very dangerous point? Well, I don't, think it's ga- I don't think it's going to be getting more dangerous, but there will be very um, uh, rigid status quo led by those illiberal hardliners in Iran and Russia for a while. I see. Well, thank you for joining us for your insights this morning, Dr. Jiang. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That was Dr. Chang Jihang from Asan Institute for Policy uh, Studies. Coming up in the next hour, we have a Seoul Insa talking about the del- delivery service and delivery man welfare. Stay tuned. We'll be back.